Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm going to be going through my pre-draft rookie wide receiver rankings. So I talked about the running backs a few days ago. Now it's time to go through my top 12 wide receivers. And you know, I'm going to redo these after the NFL draft. But for these pre-draft rankings, I am going to be taking into account projected draft capital. So we don't know specific landing spots, but we kind of have a rough idea of like what round players are going to go in or maybe, you know, for some of the later guys, kind of the round range. So that will be kind of baked into these rankings. And I'll mention that, you know, when we get into them, but let's jump into the number one spot. And this is where I have Drake London. And for me, this was a tough call between London and Traylon Burks. I've been going back and forth on these two players basically throughout the entire off season. But for me, it really is just Drake London's collegiate production that bumps him up to that number one spot especially when you're looking at his target competition. Drake London was able to break out as a true freshman. He played in eight games, caught 39 passes for 567 yards and five touchdowns, and he did that while playing with Michael Pittman and Amon Ra. So as a freshman, he was able to work out a really solid role in that offense. Very, very impressive, especially after seeing you know Michael Pittman take a big jump in his sophomore season. Amon Ra really broke out down the stretch. So those are two wide receivers who are going to be very solid producers in the NFL. And Drake London was competitive with those guys as the much younger player. Now, London's not going to be a freak athlete. He didn't even run a 40 at the combine or the pro day. His time probably wasn't going to be very good, but he does have a six foot four, 213 pound frame, and he doesn't need to be a freak athlete to produce. There's kind of a narrative going around that he can't separate. I just straight up think that's not true. If you watch his tape, he's able to win all over the field. And just because he is fantastic on contested catches, that doesn't mean he is unable to win, you know, in other areas of the field. And he's going to be a top 20 pick. I think that's very, very likely. So we know he's going to be getting that top draft capital. Then at number two, I have a Traylon Burks. And he also has a very impressive profile, very physical player. Six foot two, 224 pounds. Didn't have a crazy, you know, monster freshman season, but he actually was his team's leading receiver. And then he was just dominant in his sophomore and junior seasons. And he honestly just thrived against some of the best teams in the nation. When he was going against the best competition, he absolutely showed out. These are some of his stat lines from last season against Alabama eight receptions for 179 yards and two touchdowns against Mississippi, seven for 136 in a touchdown, against Texas A&M, six for 167 in a touchdown. Right now, it looks like he's going to be a late first round pick, which could honestly have him fall into a fantastic landing spot because at the back end of that first round, you're looking at the Green Bay Packers, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, a bunch of really, really solid landing spots. So with how close I have Traylon Burks and Drake London, you know, I'm typically not going to switch up my rankings a ton just because a, you know, a specific landing spot, but because these players are so close and I mean like Packers or Chiefs, I mean, these are like the best landing spots you're going to find for wide receivers. So if he does go to one of those teams and Drake London goes to, you know, maybe say the Jets, I do think Burks could jump him, but I really like Traylon. Obviously that's why I have him here at number two. Moving on to number three, this is where I have Garrett Wilson. And I feel like it kind of rounds out my big three. I think some people have Jamison Williams in the top three, but I'd say most rankings have this kind of top three lockdown 
with Wilson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks. For Garrett Wilson, his raw statistics year by year are actually very similar to Traylon Burks. He has really impressive athletic testing, ran a 4-3-8-40, and overall, he's just very, very well-rounded. He can win at all three levels and is going to be a projected top 20 pick. So if you honestly had Garrett Wilson as wide receiver one, I really wouldn't put up a huge fuss, but I do have him coming after Traylon Burks and Drake London. Now, I already mentioned this player. At number four, I have Jamison Williams, and he just has a pretty wild production profile because he went from basically no production at Ohio State in his first two years playing behind Wilson and Olave, just didn't get a ton of opportunities. And he goes from that basically doing nothing to arguably having the best wide receiver season last year at Alabama, 79 receptions, 1,572 receiving yards, and 15 touchdowns. The most obvious strength in Jamison Williams' game is just his game-breaking speed. He really just has a different gear than almost every other player on the field. We're also hearing a lot of positive reports about his draft stock. I think he's in the same tier for NFL-wise as Drake London and Garrett Wilson. You know, we're hearing reports that, you know, teams view him as an absolute superstar and they honestly don't really care about his ACL injury. You know, for fantasy, he could miss the beginning of 2021, but if you're drafting him for dynasty, I mean, you're going to have this dude for a long, long time. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, those few games really aren't going to hurt you too much. Now at number five, I have Chris Olave, and I kind of talked about how I had a top three, and then we have Jamison Williams at number four. I feel like there's kind of a clear break here from Jamison Williams to Chris Olave. I'm just not sure if Olave, even if he hits, you know, his ceiling can be an elite fantasy wide receiver one, but I definitely think he can slot in as a really strong wide receiver two option. And I also think he can make a pretty immediate impact at the NFL level. I do believe the NFL and NFL teams like Olave more than the fantasy community. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he was a top three, you know, wide receiver selected come draft night. I do not think Chris Olave is as well-rounded as the wide receivers I have ranked ahead of him. He does struggle a little bit with his physicality. He is able to win down the field with his speed, but when he's not able to burn defenders after the catch, you're not going to be getting much out of him with the ball in his hands. Now, moving on to number six, this is where I have George Pickens. And just looking at his college numbers, you may not be overly impressed looking at his raw stats, but when you look at his production at a young age on a limited passing attack, I mean, it really kind of puts those numbers into a different perspective. In 12 games as a freshman, George Pickens caught 49 passes for 727 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. He was the leading receiver on his team by 251 yards as a true freshman and obviously playing against the best competition when he was at Georgia. And then after a solid sophomore season, Pickens tore his ACL before the 2021 season. So he only ended up playing in four games and was just not 100%. So the numbers were just not there his junior year. But if he is able to receive first round draft capital, I would strongly consider moving him ahead of Chris Olave. But right now, I would not be banking on him going in the first round. I feel like he's probably going to be going somewhere in the second. But we really don't know. You know, if a lot of these wide receivers go early, like top 20, then when you get to the, you know, Packers and the Chiefs, are they going to be, you know, reaching for some of these other dudes that I'm about to talk about? So another one of these players who could go back into the first round, we have Jahan Dotson here at number seven. 
Like I mentioned, he could be a late first to probably mid second round pick in the NFL draft. He doesn't have the early, you know, college breakout that many of the players ahead of him do, but he took a massive jump from his sophomore to junior season and then just dominated as a junior and senior. He isn't super physically imposing at 5 foot 11, 181 pounds, but he is actually surprisingly impressive on contested catches. He really uses his athleticism and solid hand-eye coordination, and then he just has traits to win at all three levels of the field. So I do think, you know, in the right spot, he could definitely make an impact. And it's going to be, you know, a solid, you know, second round rookie pick in uh, rookie drafts. Now at number eight, I have Sky Moore, and he is someone who is definitely rising up NFL teams draft boards, you know, throughout the entire offseason. Right now, he's kind of looking like a late first, early second round pick. He put up really impressive numbers in all three of his college seasons at Western Michigan. He's a solid route runner and is very explosive after the catch. Really just one of the biggest question marks here is we have not seen him up against, you know, super tough competition. Playing at Western Michigan, you're not getting a ton of those big time matchups. So he just has not seen that elite competition. So we'll kind of have to wait and see how he translates at the next level. Now at number nine, it is tough to rank David Bell this low, but he just has to fall due to his projected lack of draft capital. Originally, when I was ranking David Bell as like my wide receiver five, I was hoping that he'd be going in round two. Now I'm not even positive he goes, you know, on day two. He could totally fall out of the first three rounds. If he does get that nice draft capital, I will shoot him right back up my rankings because production wise, he is honestly probably the top wide receiver in this class. As a freshman, he caught 86 passes for 1,035 yards and seven touchdowns. Then as a sophomore in six games, 53 receptions, 625 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. And then this past year, 11 games, 93 receptions, 1,286 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. He also torched some of the best teams, just like Traylon Burks against Iowa. He had 11 receptions for 240 yards and touchdown. And then against Michigan State, 11 receptions, 217 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, two 200-plus yard games against top colleges. You just don't see that every single season. So I really hope David Bell does get that draft capital. And even if he doesn't, you know, if he's going, you know, in like the wide receiver 10 range for rookies, I will totally be willing to pay that price because some players, they don't have to have the crazy athleticism. They are just able to produce when they get on the field. Now at number 10, a totally different type of prospect. This is where I have Christian Watson. His current draft production is just not lining up with the production he had in college. You know, right now, Watson looks like he could be a late first round pick. At latest, he's probably going in the second. And I understand why, you know, a lot of this is due to just his raw tools. He is a freakish athlete, six foot four, 208 pounds, ran a 4.36 40-yard dash, 98th percentile speed score, 94th percentile burst score. He has a 96th percentile catch radius. So this man is definitely physically dominant. He also has been a big play threat in all four of his collegiate seasons, averaged at least 18 yards per reception every year. The issue is he never really had a dominant college year. You know, his best season was in 2021, where he caught 43 passes for 801 yards and seven touchdowns, but that was in 12 games. So it wasn't like some crazy, crazy stat line. As a very, very raw prospect, I'm just not as high on Christian Watson 
as a lot of NFL teams are. So even if he goes in the first round, I just don't know if I bump him any higher than this number 10 ranking. And now at number 11, I feel like there's kind of a fall off from Watson to Justin Ross, who is here at number 11. Ross had a fantastic freshman season, 43 receptions for 1,000 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. That is 21.7 yards per reception. And he really looked like he was going to be, you know, like the wide receiver one in this class when you go back to his freshman year. But he dealt with neck and spine injuries that led to him missing his junior season. He did come back and put up respectable numbers as a senior, but he just hasn't been as dominant since that freshman season. Right now, it looks like he's going to be picked in rounds three or four, but I definitely wouldn't hate, you know, taking a shot on him in rookie drafts. Hopefully, he can kind of re spark that magic he had as a freshman. And if an NFL team is willing to spend that solid draft capital on him, I have to assume that, you know, they've checked his health and he is good to go moving forward. And to round out these rankings here at number 12, I have Khalil Shakir. And this spot really could have gone to a variety of different wide receivers, but I just really like Khalil's well-rounded profile. He has solid size, six feet tall, 196 pounds, tested well, you know, ran a 4 4 3 40. He produced as a sophomore, recording 63 receptions, 872 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. And then he dominated as a junior and a senior. So he's totally a player I'm willing to take, you know, like a late round rookie flyer on coming in here at number 12. But that is going to wrap it up for my rookie rankings. Let me know what you guys think about these rankings down below in the comment section. Who should be higher? Who should be lower? Want to hear your guys' opinions. But thank you for stopping by. And then just make sure you guys look out in the next few days. I'll be putting out my quarterback rankings and then kind of doing like a big board. So probably, you know, first three rounds, maybe like top 36 overall rankings for these rookies. It'll probably be super flex. But even if you're playing one quarterback, you can still take value, you know, from the running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. Thank you guys. And I'll see you in the next one.